There it is. I'm Charles Holmes from The Ringer Music Show. And I'm Cole Kushner from Dissect. And Charles and I are teaming up to create Last Song Standing, a new show where we determine an artist's single best song by debating our way through their entire catalog. And for our first season, we're covering Kendrick Lamar. We're talking Good Kid to Pimple Butterfly, Damn, Mr. Morale, the mixtapes, the Lucy's, and the features. Listen to Last Song Standing on the Dissect podcast feed only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it you can work out in it. You can go outside, you can go shopping down in your local wherever and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Welcome to Food News. I'm Juliette Littman. And I'm David Jacoby. Let's put 30 minutes on the clock. 30 minutes. Jacoby, this first story is wild. Are you ready? Very much so. Okay. I love it. There are some scientists in Texas who have so far raised $75 million in there, I try to say it like, like Dr. Evil. <laughs> That's a lot of money for what a, they're doing. A lot of money. They're trying to resurrect woolly mammoths. Yes. And the reason why they're trying to re- resurrect woolly mammoths is because it's basically good for the planet. Like they lead to, the, it would maybe the Arctic ice wouldn't melt as fast. It would help the permafrost of our country, of our planet, excuse me, to keep the bad gases in the planet. And it's like this whole long article from The Independent in the UK. And then the author of this piece, her name is, I don't know. I can't seem to find it on this piece. Oh, it's by Tom Off, a man. He asks, should we eat woolly mammoths? Should we eat them is the headline. Like it's when you just breeze through the fact that woolly mammoths will be walking the planet again and straight into, should we have woolly mammoth steaks? Well, the thing that's particularly bizarre about it is like he just made this up. This is kind of like, 
we're working on creating, I don't know, whatever in a lab. Should we eat it? Like, (laughs) there's no reason to think that except for the fact that people just, like, eat animals. And (laughs) there's no consensus, but the fact that you could potentially eat a woolly mammoth has literally nothing to do with this research. It is completely, completely beside the point. The should we eat it thing is like at the last, the second to last paragraph before the wrap, it's like, this has a lot of implications, you know, in the environment and what it does to the ecosystem. And maybe it could be, it could be a food source. Like that, it'd be a mention with a comma before and after it. Not the headline, should we eat the woolly mammoth that doesn't exist yet. I'm much more interested in how they're actually making the woolly mammoth, which is... Exactly, Juliet. Yeah. That, that, yes. How do we make a woolly mammoth walk the planet? That is the that is the crux of this. Like, if I was the editor, if you're the editor, and and, and Tom filed this to you, and he, and he calls your phone, how do you talk to him about it? I'm like, Tom, why did they start doing this initially? Or, Tom, what are the ramifications for the planet? What are some stats we can dig into? What's the process? Is it similar to the cloning of Dolly, that sheep from a few years ago? Like, let's talk about science. If we are going to eat the woolly mammoth, this does not come up in our initial conversation. Yeah, Tom, let's focus on the fact that woolly mammoths are going to be created in a lab and then walk the earth. Let's just start with establishing that before we start asking what sort of sauce should we put on a woolly mammoth steak. Yeah, and then he, like, goes to the scientists to ask their opinion to, like, make it seem like he's doing journalism. He asked this woman (laughs) named Victoria Herridge, a paleontologist at the Natural History Museum in the United Kingdom, I believe. And her quote is, in the ass, should you eat them? (laughs) You are carrying out a bioengineering experiment, which, if your goal is met, will create change at a global scale. It becomes a question of who gets to tamper with the climate system of the planet. Her answer has nothing to do with the eating of William <laughs> she, she went right past the red light of should we eat them. She's like, let's focus on other things. Yeah. Victoria's like, this guy, Victoria like had a, had a drink with her husband after this. It was like, this guy Tom just called me. I thought I was doing an interview about Willie Mammoth walking the planet. He asked me if we should eat them. Her husband <laughs> is like, what? He's like, yeah serious. That's what he asked. It's so, so weird. I guess slow news day everywhere. I don't know. It's the doldrums <laughs> of August and we're, we're asking about Willie Mammoths, but, um, great news day for food news. Yeah, seriously. Thanks so much to this Tom in the United Shout Kingdom. To Tom. Let's move on. Jacoby, Martha mm-hmm. Stewart has her own restaurant in Las Vegas. It's called the Bedford by Martha Stewart. It's inside the Paris, which is a, um, I would say pretty down market Casino I was surprised. I was surprised. I, I, when, I, when I when I saw that she was opening a, a restaurant in Vegas, I didn't. I didn't. It, I was like, I didn't think it would be an Excalibur or Hooters. You know what I mean? But like, <laughs> Paris is kind of on that level. Uh, I've been to the Paris one time. Have you ever been there? I've been to every casino in Las Vegas. I went to the Paris because when I went to the Backstreet Boys show in um, February of 2019, oh, that was peak Juliet. That was peak Juliet. Um, yeah, I got to go to the the uh, VIP like party afterwards, which is in like a nightclub in the Paris. And I was standing so close to Nick Carter, completely sober. I was just so happy that I like literally fell down. I lost my balance. Um, (laughs) And when I went there, I was like, wow, I can't believe this is where the Backstreet Boys are spending like most of their nights of the year. I've never heard of like a, like a, the, the, I've been happy before, but the result (laughs) of that happiness has never been fall over. Like I didn't know that was a side effect or a symptom of happiness. My passion for the Backstreet Boys knows no bounds. It's probably one of the things that I love the most in this world. It's like, 
I don't even know what else is on that level, like bagels and the Backstreet Boys. Mm. It's the, the sort of the two things I know I'll always love in my life. Anyway, I, as a result, I've been to the Paris and cannot believe this is where Martha Stewart opened the Bedford by Martha Stewart. That said, it sounds like the restaurant's pretty cool. And I, you know, I went on the, um, on the Instagram and the inside is supposed to look like her estate in Bedford, um, which we're all very familiar with because I believe that's where she did some of her house arrest after she was convicted for insider trading. Um, and she has like chickens and stuff and it looks nice. So this might be a turnaround for the Paris. Um, shall we talk about the menu? Of course. Okay. So, you know, it's new. Uh, I wouldn't call it cheap, but no, no. Here are some of the things you can get. Here's the here's some appetizers. Steak tartare, $28. Fine. Expensive, but like, you know, over overpriced for, for Vegas standard. Oysters Rockefeller, $29.95. I happen to love Oysters Rockefeller, so that sounds good oh. to me. Also, it looks really good on the Instagram. Buckwheat crepes. Presented tableside with creme fraiche, grated hard-cooked eggs, and golden acetra caviar. You can have one ounce for $100, two ounces for $150, or four for $250. <laughs> um, okay. I don't know if I'm going to the Paris for caviar. Like, I just don't no, know. No, probably not. I just don't know if that's my spot, but whatever. Um, anyway, that's a... there. It's, it's, I never heard of this caviar before, but, you know, I guess it's fancy. As previously discussed, I don't know much. You could also get some dumplings, which I love. I mean, I love a pierogi, so... You know, we'd love yeah. we have them on this pod. Big but Martha's pierogies, just based on her mother's recipe. I don't know how I feel about calling it dumplings on on the menu. Like, should you just call it pierogies? I don't know. I, I feel, you know, it's always a, a mixed situation. Mm-hmm. Short then, rib ragu. I'm always a fan of the short rib in the me pasta. Me too. Couscous love royale, that. $66. I just want to say, I mean, it has lamb on it, so that's why it's so expensive. But, like, couscous is one of the cheapest things you can get at the grocery store, so the markup there is, like, pretty wild. I did like that dish, though. It's got it's got lamb and and chicken. Looks good. Yeah, it does look good. Needless to say, Snoop Dogg's already made an appearance. So, anyway. Oh, I, he has? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, I he's, he's already been there. I think he went to the opening. Their friendship is real. It's kind of crazy. One thing I love about this restaurant is sometimes when I'm pitching restaurants to my wife, anyone in a relationship knows that this is like a thing. You go back and forth. Do you want this? No. Do you want this? No. Do you want this? No. Sometimes she's like, I like American food. Mm, I'm always like, hey, do you want Indian? Do you want Chinese? She's like, I want American food. Like, just American stuff. And that, I feel like, is this menu. It's like, we have salmon. And we have a whole roasted chicken. You know? And we've got pasta. It's just like, it's just very, like, fastballs down the middle. You know what I mean? I like like that about this menu. Yeah. You're going to come. You're going to feel like you're at Martha Stewart's home. It's one of those weird places in Vegas that has, like, crazy lighting. So it feels like daytime all day. And you're really confused about what time of day it is. It's just like... You know, Vegas. It's not just Vegas. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, when you go to like, um, I think it's like the Venetian and they try to make yeah. it make you feel like you're like in Venice and the yes. lighting is like this weird like canal side lighting. They painted the, the ceiling like the sky. It's really confusing. I hate Vegas. Couldn't hate it more. Oh, I like Vegas for 36 hours. I will never spend a second night in Vegas for the rest of my life. Most of my time in Vegas has been in the summer because of Summer League. And as a result, it's so fucking hot. I hate it. Mm. I just can't deal with it. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Dabbling in a little political news here. Oh, don't, yeah. hold, don't hold it against us, people. We're really towing the line of politics here. <laughs> Dr. Oz is running for Senate in Pennsylvania. And back in April, he released a video trying to highlight something we talk about a lot on this podcast, which is grocery store prices. 
And he did so by making a video about buying the ingredients for crudite that his <laughs> wife would be making later. Mike, oh, let's God. let's play the video. There's some asparagus. That's four dollars. Yep. Carrots. That's four more dollars. That's ten dollars of vegetables there. And then we need some guacamole. That's four dollars more. And she loves salsa. Yeah, there's salsa there. Six dollars. Must be a shortage of salsa. Guys, that's twenty dollars for crudite. This doesn't include the tequila. Okay. He also the he also has raw broccoli. Yeah. Ra- so just to, to wrap it up, raw broccoli, asparagus spears, carrots, guacamole. You need guacamole, he says. You need, need that. It. Need. And his wife loves salsa. Twenty minutes. And that's not even including the tequila. Right. So what the fuck is he doing? Uh, I don't know. So what is the weirdest thing to you? What's the number one? You're like, you have no idea what crew today is. For me? Salsa. Okay. I agree with Bro, the No, asparagus. Sorry. Asparagus. I, I also, I had the exact same response. I was like, salsa? But then I was like, wait, asparagus? <laughs> asparagus. Raw asparagus. And you're like, you know the, the, like the non-spear end of the asparagus yeah. where it's like white and like you can't even chew it? Yeah, you're, you're not. serve that to me cut raw? It off. He's definitely, like, doesn't eat vegetables. So he's just, like, grabbing whatever he sees. He's never seen crudite. No. Definitely has never seen crudite. He thinks that he's, like, going to, like, a margarita happy hour. And he doesn't And he doesn't <laughs> yes. know. Like, he probably... I don't think he knows what crudite means. No. Seriously. He doesn't. He doesn't. No, he de- definitely does not. He because... mansplained crudite in a political video about inflation. Just, just think about that <laughs> sentence. Great job, Dr. Oz. Also, we skipped him saying, he says, I'm, I'm here at Wegner's, which I believe is the conflation of Weg- Wegmans, which we have in Brooklyn and is mostly a New York State thing, and Redner's, which is a Pennsylvania chain. And one of the criticisms of Dr. Oz is that he does not even live in Pennsylvania. So it's always, always is really, it's really a great way to speak to your base and just connect to the <laughs> common man by mispronouncing their go-to regional grocery store. That's really how you, you swing the votes. Yeah. Great, great job, man. Um, the tequila piece, that's the, the combination of, te- of him going like vegetable, 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 guacamole, salsa, tequila i feel like he forgot what commercial he was making and i think that i think that he thought by the end of this 30 seconds that he was making like a chips and salsa and margarita commercial like wow it's so hard to make that he didn't realize he was making like a super bowl sunday crudite commercial or something like that and like you you make a great point because i've seen carrots in crudite staple that's normal i've seen raw broccoli in crudite sure i don't like it but i've seen it I've seen it. Yeah, it's like it's, it's easily next to it's cauliflower is the worst. Yeah. And then broccoli because asparagus doesn't even get considered because it's never there. Because you don't eat it raw. Like unless but those three things aren't insane if you're making crudite. Right. It's when it goes guacamole salsa, we need tequila. What what <laughs> happened in the middle there, Dr. Oz? What happened halfway through? He forgot. He made halftime adjustments. It's like a playoff basketball game. Yeah. He made halftime adjustments. He decided, let's not make crudite. Let's have nachos. Yeah, exactly. And he just, he got confused. He clearly doesn't ever prepare food for himself, let alone anyone else. Uh, and yeah, I just hope that he learns that those that's not really what goes together. But I will say the Washington Post um, took this moment as an opportunity to remind us that crudite is really any dip with a dipper. So it, it could... You know, he could have been on the right track. We could have had a real interrogation into like what's the perfect dip for 
raw asparagus? And the answer would have been doesn't exist. But we could have discussed it. But he just mm-hmm. got confused, you know? So crudite technically is like if I dip a tortilla chip in salsa, that's crudite? That's a crudite, yeah. I call bullshit on that. That's not. Crudite is chopped up vegetables with a a a either blue cheese or a white colored dip. That's it. What about a hummus? What about a flavored hummus with some kind of That's dipper? not crudite. When you put pita inside of a hummus, you're like, mm, great crudite. Like, it's fine. Like, I understand the dictionary definition might be that. But if you ask any person on the street, if you ask 100 people on the street, what is crudite? 90, 90 of them. Well, actually, probably 15 would be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But of the people <laughs> that know what you're talking about, they're all going to say vegetables and dip. You're right. And his opponent, John Fetterman, who's... Um, running against Dr. Oz, a.k.a. his opponent, just held up in a picture from this week a veggie tray, and it has in it, it's like one of those pre-assembled from the grocery store. It has carrots, tomatoes, celery, sugar snap peas, broccoli, and what looks like a ranch dip to me. So, Mm -hmm. there you go. That's crudite. That's crudite. Shall we move on? Yes, we shall. (laughs) Shout out to Dr. Oz. Shout out to Dr. Oz. Next, this is essentially a, a PR released from this week, but I think it sounds really good, so I wanted to talk about it. New collab alert, Jacoby. Goldfish and Dunkin' Donuts are doing pumpkin spice goldfish grams. And That sounds good to you. It sounds great. It's not actually goldfish. You know how the goldfish are not always like the cheddary crackers? They have like different kinds of goldfish. Oh, I know all about goldfish. Yeah, you have kids. Yeah. It's the graham cracker goldfish with pumpkin spice. What doesn't sound good about that to you? Not a pumpkin spice guy. Okay. Don't, I don't, I'm not just like, I, it, it, I don't think it enhances anything. The other flavors are better. The other options are always better. And I just don't, I, I visualize this and I like, I like goldfish or a cracker. Like when they did Old Bay, do you remember those ladies that put the Old Bay on the plain gold? That sounds much better to me than pumpkin spice and graham. That sounds kind of desserty. You know, here's the thing. You're just Uh-oh. not a sweets guy. So, like, you're not looking for ways to up your sweets intake in a way that doesn't make you feel guilty all the time. For me, I'm a sweets person. It's discussed as not ad nauseum on this podcast. I'm like, this sounds great. Just a handful of pumpkin spice and graham crackers. I love graham crackers. It sounds fantastic. Although, I don't like this proliferation of pumpkin spice. I mean, it's, a, it's an ongoing national joke for, like, anyone who's alive. But this sounds appropriate to me. Like, keep it out of my coffee. Keep it out of my beverages. Mm. But like on a graham cracker, yeah, that sounds good. No, have disagree. You, have you ever had the um like the cinnamon pita chips by Stacy's? Yes, of course. Like I love those. Do you like those? Nope, nope. I want like onions, garlic. Like okay, yeah. So, so we're just like you know what? You don't I think like we're in a fight. You, you don't want a sweet snack food. That's just like not something you're interested. No, in. I do not want a sweet snack food. Okay. Very surprised to hear that, but fair enough. You, you do you, Jacoby. And what's Dunkin' Donuts got to do with this? <laughs> I was just like, you know, I was reading this. I was like, what is what is Dunkin' bringing to the table? Like, well, there's pumpkin spice all over the place. Like, we don't need you, Dunkin'. So, so Starbucks introduced the pumpkin spice latte, or at least if they didn't introduce it. They they popularized, popularized it. Yeah, exactly. Dunkin' has stolen it. I think this is genius. I mean, this is like. Also, this is a, a an item for children. And so they're imprinting on the minds of America's youth that Dunkin' is what you should associate with pumpkin spice. They've basically stolen this branding from Starbucks. So I think it's like kind of an active war. And I like how feisty it is. Wow. You just turned pumpkin spice goldfish <laughs> into one of the most interesting topics we've ever discussed on the show. <laughs> I don't know how you did it, but it was brilliant. Thank she you. was an act of war. Kind of. An act of war. Duncan has been in this years-long rebrand to move away from donuts and towards coffee. They actually changed their name to Duncan. It's no longer Duncan Donuts. And, like, 
America runs on Duncan. I I saw a t-shirt, Cape Cod runs on Duncan. I really want it. And like, I think this is really smart. It's continuing it's, to it's align working, themselves. Juliet. Yeah, it's working. If they're aligned When I was a kid, funny. I would get donuts there. It was like, that was the donut shop. And now when I go to Dunkin' Donuts, donuts are an after, after, afterthought. You're just like, those are such low-end donuts. I would never just give me a coffee. And this is what I, yes. another thing I like about Dunkin' Donuts. The coffee isn't top tier, but the cold brew I know exactly what it's going to taste like. I know that I'll like it. There's no variation. It's a really strong brand. And I think of it as like a backup iced coffee when I can't have my preferred. And so like, again, it's working. It's working. I know. I didn't know that they were incepting me with this branding, but it's absolutely part of my life now. Absolutely. I haven't haven't ordered a a donut at Dunkin' Donuts for myself since I was like eight. I, I just maligned them, but I do like them. They're not my favorite donuts, but I do I do like a Dunkin' Donut. There's there's plenty to choose from, so you can find one that you like. I love a munchkin. Love. Their breakfast, breakfast options are much better than Starbucks. Yes. Much, much better. better. Much breakfast, better. Their, their egg sandwich situations and their wraps and their, their various little uh, sandwiches they have are much better than Starbucks. And their app is very good. They've caught up. Starbucks needs to iterate because Dunkin' is on the, on the, the case. Moving on. Booze news. How do you feel about uh, PBR, Jacoby? Is that a beer you like? Okay. It's a beer I like. There are beers I like more. And if I'm going down that road, I usually go with a light beer. Like, Like, I either do, like, I either do, like, an IPA, like a heavy, heavy beer, or a domestic light. So domestic okay. heavies are something that I stay away from. But there's nothing better than, like, an ice cold PBR at a bar after a basketball game. I don't really know what that means because I don't know a lot about beer, but cool. I asked you because if you like PBR, you can now stay at a PBR-themed motel in Michigan. Uh, it's also like an it's 80s-themed and the PBR goes with it. This looks awful. Based on the pictures I'm seeing really? on vinepair.com, I just could not imagine bed linens I'd the least want to be near. Not even <laughs> sleep on, but like it's, be close to. They're absolutely repulsive. It, it really had me... Thinking about theme hotels yes. are not part of my life enough. I was like, why am I not going to more theme hotels? I don't think I've ever spent the night at a theme hotel. It also reminded me of what Blue Valentine. Remember that movie? It's yeah. a great movie, by the way. God, I cried a lot in that movie. I lost like three pounds. But I want to spend the night in a theme hotel with my kids, a theme hotel with my wife. I need more Ten theme hotels minutes. in my life. And then the second thing about this when I was like, oh, I wonder what major city they put this in. <laughs> and I was like, well, wait, oh, tr- was it Traverse City, Michigan? Yeah. Like, what? 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 What, what PBR? What are you doing? You can go there after your next JRLA golf tournament. Um, That's this weekend. Shout out to JRLADetroit.com. Oh my god! So you should go. Um. Anyway, um, haven't you stayed at like a Disney hotel with your kids? I know you've been to Disney a lot. I've, I've stayed at a Disney hotel with my children. Yeah, I stayed at it one. Wasn't as a particularly kid. themed. Well, like all the soap was like had Mickey on it or something like that. I don't remember the soap. No. No, interesting. I remember that from childhood. Um. Theme hotels, if the theme is luxury, I'm in. If the theme is, <laughs> yeah, if the theme is comfort, <laughs> I'm in. Anything else is kind of a no for me. I don't know. I, I, a theme hotel, if it's going to come with these absolutely repulsive sheets, that's definitely a no. One thing that's intriguing about this room, though, there's a full-on bar in your room. Like, there's three like bar it. stools. I kind of like that. I have a really dark thought, which is I feel like is actually good for one night stands. Um, I, it would be. I kind of feel like if I met a girl and I took her to this hotel and I stood behind the bar <laughs> and she sat in the stool, that it would set up this like 
like this relationship between us that was so different than sitting across each other at a table eating dinner that I think would open open up each other more and be more fun. It also could really lead to some role play. It just seems like it could really... Uh, I think it's good for dating. Like it should be an, yeah. ad- an adults only hotel. Also, like maybe it's like your third or fourth date. Like you just like want to like spice it up a little, and you're sick of going out for dinner, and you're like, one of us loves bartending. So it's not just an icebreaker. It's like when you watch those glaciers break off a huge chunk. You know what I mean? It's like the ice is gone. It's it the is creation broken. Of an, it is melting. Of an ice flow. Yeah, you know me. I'd rather have uh, horror stories and zero stories. So maybe that's that's the spot. All right, taste test time. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA. I make calls. I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it you can work out in it. You can go outside. You can go shopping down in your local wherever. And you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right, let's get into our taste test. You are very excited about this one. I'm Look nervous at the now. smile I'm on nervous. your face. I hope I didn't over I didn't hope I didn't build it up too much. You built it up way too much. I, I'm expecting like live chickens or something. Okay, so here's the deal. I went to Whole Foods. I needed a snack for myself. Mm-hmm. I was hungry. I was like, I just need a little something sweet. You know, I'm continuing oh. to to battle my sugar addiction. Okay. It's tough. I support you. So I go to the mush section. And when I get there, there is a new flavor that I had not seen before. There actually were a few new flavors that I was like, eh, I just don't want to try this. And then one was brand new. 
And brand new mush flavor. Brand new mush flavor. And when I saw it, I was like, holy shit. I can't wait to tell Jacoby Hold about this. Hold on a second. Because you brought spoons. But one of the best things about mush is it comes with a spoon. It's the other size. Oh, it's okay. A, it's the it's the other size. But okay. Can you close your eyes and I'm gonna put it in your hand, and then you'll read what it is. <laughs> okay. Okay. You can you can read the top. I can open my eyes. You now? can open your eyes and read you the sure? top. Yeah. Mush, oats, and yeah. Yeah, man. Mush, oats, and crunch. Yes. Crunch and mush. Crunch and mush. This is what I've been looking for my whole life. I know. Crunch and mush. You've been talking about this for the entire 10 years I've known you. 11 years. That I like crunch, crunch and, and mush, mush together. together. In one bite. And I'm one day when I'm super rich, I'm going to open Crunch and Mush Cafe. Exactly. I got to so, get to work. So when I saw this... I almost had a stroke. I was just like, oh my God, how lucky am I to have a podcast with David Jacoby where we have declared how much we love mush and I've known him for 10 years where he's been talking about the perfection of crunch, crunch. and mush yes. together. Oh my God. And we have a podcast in which we can taste the crunch and mush wow. product itself. Let's do it. Did I disappoint? No. <laughs> it's crunch I, and mush. I am a little disappointed because I feel like I need to get to the market with crunch and mush. <laughs> Before I'm, they do. I'm so happy to know you in this moment. Like, this oh is God. such an incredible culmination of our time working it together and being friends. This is amazing. I don't even care if it's good, but I think it's going to be good. Oh, of course it's going to be good. Who would have thought that Honey Nut was such a great combination? I know. Ooh, interesting. Oh. It feels a little bit thicker huh. than the regular mush. All right, let's 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 give it a try. I'm going to chew into the microphone and see if I get some crunch sound. It's crunchy. It's not crunchy enough. Not enough crunch. God damn it. It's like nut crunch. So it's not like true crunch, like a crisp crunch. It would be better if it came... This is what they should do. Listen, Mush, I hope you're listening. Mush, yeah, listen up. You obviously stole the crunch and mush idea, so... You stole the crunch and mush idea, so... So steal this one for free. <laughs> Here's what you gotta do. It's like the kid cereal, so the kid... I mean, the kid yogurts where they have the cup of yogurt and then on top... Yeah. They, 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 the yeah. Mix, the mix-ins. Boom. That's what you gotta do. It seems like this is like oats and almonds. Like, just put it, it in a separate container. It does feel like container. the nuts have been soaked, soaked with the oats, so they're not as crunchy. Yeah. This is not truly crunch and it's mush. It's not crunch and mush, yeah. Well, guess what, mush? Julia Lemon just solved your crunch and mush problem. Yeah. Wow. I mean, will you ever forget where you were when you found out there was a crunch and mush product on the market called crunch and mush? Mush yes. and crunch. Yes, I will. That hurts my feelings. I was. I really, just remember lying. I lied a couple weeks ago. I don't believe so you. I'm not lying anymore. I don't think you'll forget though. I just think you're trying to hurt my feelings. You think I'm trying to hurt your feelings? I'm just disappointed that you won't remember this forever because I will. I'm disappointed that you think I'm trying to hurt your feelings. This just turned really weird. Well, let's move on then. Personal food news time, Jacoby. I'd like to go first. Can I just give the people who are listening a little look behind the scenes, please? Personal food news sometimes is hard to think of, or we, or we had it and then we forget it. So now in the text thread, we give each other like like reminder words. And this one that you sent, it, the two words blew me away. You know what I think of it of as when you're like asked to put down a reminder for yourself for your password. You're like, what are the two words that will definitely help me remember what I wanted to say? Yes. And in this case, the two words were tomato festival. Tomato Festival. I was like, this is going to be a good one. I am here on Cape Cod, and there is this, like, farm that has a farm stand about 15 minutes away, and they were having a tomato festival. It was amazing. 
It was amazing. I like was there a few days earlier just buying vegetables. And then I saw the sign for the first annual tomato festival. And I was like, wow. Number one, I love tomatoes. Number You're going to be at the, that was the first annual? Number two, I love being a part of history. So I want to be at the first annual tomato festival. And it did not disappoint. The tomatoes, honestly, were incredible. By the way, it was at the Chatham Bars Inn Farm. And shout out to them. The tomatoes were so good. It's like candy. Like, you don't even need to put anything on it. But, like, they also had a lot of tomato samples. And they were just, like, salting it very lightly. So it was immediately telling you how you could serve this to your friends or yourself Mm. or whatever. Plus, for $8, you could get, like, a variety of foods made with their tomatoes. really highlighted the tomatoes. And it was so fantastic. I was really full from lunch. But they had these really appealing tomato and cheese sandwiches. Really plain, but like that's all you need with a great tomato. And I was like, oh, I hope I can take it to go. They had to go boxes ready. So I was having these deli- delicious, delicious tomatoes for days. You probably haven't watched Go More Girls, but this was so quaint and so exciting with so many people knowledgeable and passionate about tomatoes. It was like stepping into an episode of Go More Girls in the best possible way. And I still, still have them. It's just so good. Juliet. Yeah. I have a very strange relationship with tomatoes. I know you do. You don't like them in your salad. When we used to go to Corner Bakery Cafe, you would always have I them I don't removed. like tomatoes in my salad. I don't like them in my sandwich. I could never bite into one. However, if I'm in a steakhouse and there's some mozzarella, I'll eat those tomatoes. I Two love tomato minutes. soup. I love tomato sauce. I love tomato juice. I love all tomato products, but I just don't like the actual tomatoes. Very brief personal story. Clem Selden, my next door neighbor growing up. Gave me a tomato from his farm. I ran home. I was so excited to eat it. It was my first tomato, and I bit into it, and the tomato squirted all over my face. And oh you know my I'm a God. very texture-based oh person. Oh, my God. That's so terrible. So I think this is like a Freudian thing. Yeah. Like I think well, it's truly like a, like a, like a trauma-based thing from my past. These are the best tomatoes possible to have with cheese. It, it, they were so good. And it was just like honestly fun. It was like wholesome summer fun being at a tomato festival on a farm. It was awesome. How many people were there? They had a really steady flow, but they managed it well. So, like, I don't know, you know, in the tens, like about, I mean, like, you know, like thirty people when I was yeah. there. I don't know. It was and great. how long did you spend there? Uh, thirty minutes. It was great. great. I loved. I love. You know what? I love that you're not just at the first tomato festival. I feel like you're going to be at the second, Stable. the third, yeah. the fourth, the I'm- fifth, and you'll be able to tell people that you were at the very first tomato festival. And I bought a T-shirt to prove it. So there's oh, that. God, that's a great T-shirt. Thank you. All right, Jacoby, your turn. Mine's quick and brief because we're running out of time. I've made the transition. No. I've no, made it. No, no, no. It was no. Tuesday. Last week was oh, so no. hot. It was. I was wearing shorts every day. I've made the transition. It was Tuesday. I said, no more iced coffee. It's hot coffee time. That's crazy. Last week I drank hot coffee this morning. I drank seconds. hot coffee yesterday. It's hot coffee time. I cannot believe you. This is, this actually reminds me of something I wanted to say with the pumpkin spice situation. It's fucking August. It's mid-August. It is firmly the middle of the month. It is not fall. It is not time for high, not time for hot coffee or pumpkin spice. You Calendar s- does not dictate that, Juliet Littman. The weather dictates that. And there it was like hot coffee time. It was like low humidity, right? So you're like, cool, I'm going to have it's in the hot 70s coffee. this morning. Yeah. It's hot coffee time. I know you love iced coffee. And I know this hurts you. I, I can tell from I'm your really face upset. that you're upset about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to end on such a low note emotionally for you. You can do whatever you want, Juliet. You can do whatever you want. I'm just telling you, I've made the transition, okay? I've made the transition. Do you like summer? Because I just feel like also holding on to iced coffee is the same as holding on to summer. Of course I like summer. So then what Who are you doing? Like summer? <laughs> I'm not the, the the coffee I drink doesn't change the season. I'm just telling you the I weather dictates whether I drink cold coffee or hot coffee, 
and I drink hot coffee now because it's slightly chilly outside. I'm, I feel really betrayed. Wow. I hope we can work through this by next week. Well, maybe we'll have a show next week. Maybe not. Who knows? Thanks to Mike Wargon for producing this episode. Um, thanks to Tomatoes. And no thanks to Jacoby for making this transition. <laughs> we'll be back thanks next week. To tomatoes. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.